I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Live Mike. Live Mike. Check one, two. With Lee Lonsberry. From Utah's Capitol Hill to your schools, taxes, and all the breaking news. Hear it on Live Mike with Lee Lonsberry on KSL News Radio. Welcome back to Live Mike. Uh, just after 1 o'clock right now, into the 1 o'clock hour here, 106 at KSL News Radio, episode number 306. Uh, we're going to spend a, a few minutes here discussing uh, immigration. Uh, what is happening at the southern border, as well as what we learned just yesterday as uh, announced by President Joe Biden from within the White House to uh, uh, I just saw I just saw a like a full panning view of the White House room where this announcement was made. And uh, very few reporters uh, socially distanced, of course, he announced yesterday that he would be he would be putting Vice President Kamala Harris in charge of uh, the role of dealing with issues on the border. Immigration issues would now fall under the purview of Vice President Kamala Harris. And we'll get into some of her remarks in just a moment. But let me uh, let me just briefly touch on what may seem uh, like, you know, well, well, a conflict, which is you heard me as we kicked off the program, uh, sort of giving the president a hard time for waiting 64 days before conducting his first uh, press conference. Uh, And then you hear me just a moment ago describing a setting in which the president announced that Vice President Kamala Harris would be taking on the role of uh, immigration czar. I'm not sure. He didn't really give her a title. uh, So we'll just have to, we'll go with immigration czar. Um, What's the difference? Well, here's the thing. In yesterday's event and in most every public, quote-unquote, public event uh, in which the president has participated, at the end, he immediately said, that's my time, see you later. And there was no time for reporters to uh, to go back and forth and ask questions of their design. Uh, in the past, up until uh, just today, uh, for the first 64, for the first 64 days of the Biden presidency, there wasn't an opportunity like that. There were a few uh, impromptu uh, opportunities for folks, uh, you know, before the president boarded Marine One occasionally on his way to Joint Base Andrews when leaving the the White House. Sure, there were opportunities there for for question and answers to happen, but not in any kind of long form and not in a way that 
uh, you know, commanded the eyes of the nation. We were all pretty fixated here this morning. It was on every single uh, network channel plus the uh, plus the 24-hour cable news channels. I, uh, from time to time, will describe the the wall of TVs I have here in my broadcast booth. Uh, every when the president was live, it was every single uh, network. And I uh, <laughs> let me just <laughs> share with you uh, once again that memory from my childhood, and then we'll go on to the remarks of. Vice President Harris yesterday, as she was announced, uh, you know the immigration czar. <laughs> whenever I see, whenever I look up at that wall of, of televisions, and the president is delivering some sort of address uh, to a level that you know demands that all the channels tune in to what's going on, I'm reminded of this old uh, Jeff Foxworthy routine that I used to listen to uh, with uh, with my grandpa and my sister. And if I remember right, uh, there was an uncle there as well on a, a big giant cassette player uh, in the in the upstairs den at Mama and Papa's house. <laughs> and there's this portion where Jeff Foxworthy is uh, he's he's lamenting the fact that in his childhood. They had only three networks to watch, and now today there are uh, you know so many dozens and dozens of cable channels. This was uh, a joke made about twenty years ago, so the 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 breadth of selection was was even less. But still, compared to those days of three networks, anyway, he talked about Jeff Foxworthy did. He talked about those days where the president would offer an address, and the three networks would carry the president's uh, would carry the president's uh, address. And his complaint was always, the president's on every channel. We're going to miss Flipper. Do you remember that? Have you heard that bit? Anyway, uh, whenever I look at the wall of TVs and I see uh, and I see the president's face on every on every channel, that's what I think of. Anyway, uh, Vice President Vice President uh, Harris. Yesterday was named uh, the the one who will take upon the responsibility of of immigration. I jokingly mused about what her title in that role might be, be it immigration czar. Uh, a texter here uh, rightly points out that her title is Madam Vice President. Texter says, get it right. Show some respect. All right. All right. Uh, very good. Madam Vice President, you are correct. Specific to this role, though, what would you call her? Okay. Uh, so Madam Vice President Harris Yesterday, following the announcement by President Biden that she would be responsible for the surge, uh, or rather accepting responsibility for uh, what is happening there and uh, any plans uh, on the part of the United States to remedy things, uh, had uh, this to say. There's no question that this is a challenging situation. Uh, As the president has said, there are many factors that lead president to leave these countries. And um, while we are clear that people should not come to the border now, um, we also understand that we will enforce the law. She, she, you heard her make reference there to these countries. There are uh, more than it's more than just uh, Mexican immigrants that are coming across the border. She talks about uh, how her some of her first steps will be working with each Central American country. Because we can chew gum and walk at the same time, must address the root causes. That, uh, that caused people to make the trek, as the president has described, to come here. And I look forward to engaging uh, in diplomacy with uh, government, with private sector, with civil society, and, and the leaders of each in El Salvador, Guatemala, and Honduras uh, to strengthen democracy and the rule of law and ensure shared prosperity in the region. 
Before we go to break, I've got to share some of these numbers with you. Right now, the U.S. Border Patrol has detained more than 11,000 unaccompanied migrant children between February 28th, the end of February, uh, and just a few days ago, March 20th. That's 11,000 in under a month's time. Uh, that is uh, according to some data that w- that CNN got its hands on and has been combing through. Uh, th- these numbers are huge. The the unaccompanied minors, which total 11,000 in just a month's time, the, over the past month, uh, 11,000 plus have been detained. They make up just a minority of all of the encounters uh, between all of the encounters between uh, migrants and border patrol. Uh, what do I mean? Well, eleven thousand youngsters showing up at the border now detained. Uh, Sixty thousand single adults and more than thirty-two thousand families uh, in that same time. Sixty thousand single adults and thirty-two thousand families uh, in that same stretch of time. Again, between February twenty-eighth and March. 20th border patrol has apprehended uh, all of those folks and the 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 estimation is that those trends will continue how will we respond as a country how will vice president harris respond as the newly tasked individual with solving this problem we will wait and see and our hearts will break as we consider the uh, the experience of those youngsters Time to take a break. When we return, we'll be joined by First District Congressman Blake Moore, who has been touring his district, interacting with many of the uh, constituents and stakeholders in northern and eastern Utah. He'll give us a report next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.